0: And we are live. Welcome to the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, and this is episode 21. And today we're going to talk about Real Madrid. I mean, it's been a while since we spoke about a club other than any of the big ones in the Premier League. But let's get back to one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in world football, Real Madrid. And we're going to talk about two specific people. That's going to be Cotwa and Gareth Bale. And joining me on this podcast is Janed. Uh, I'm pretty sure do. you do. Yeah, you guys have obviously heard of him <laughs> in our previous podcast, but I'm still going to ask him to do a very quick intro once again. What to do, guys? Yeah, huge Real Madrid fan over here since uh, 2002.
1: Obviously, I've uh, dedicated my life just to following. Real Madrid, everything Real Madrid, Spanish La Liga, everything, and of course, there's no other club I, I love more than Real Madrid. Pretty much, pretty much. That's that's the fastest I can say. That's the fastest
0: I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so it's not been the best of starts for Real Madrid. At least, at, like, probably yeah. two weeks ago. Let let me let me put it that way. Three weeks okay. ago, I, we would have said that Madrid. Had a decent start. Uh, it was. Right. It's not the best of starts. Of, there were a couple of hiccups along the way, but I think mm-hmm. since the loss against Majorca, which happened last month, right mid yeah, of last yeah. month, October,
1: yeah, mid October, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That I think Real Madrid have gone in on a really brilliant winning streak, and yeah. One of the major changes or one of the major differences in that whole streak has been not only the backline but one man in particular that's been Thibaut Courtois. A lot has been said about Thibaut Courtois since his move from Chelsea to Real Madrid. Mm obviously mm. given that he was previously atletico madrid's player the whole i i'm joined oh. the real madrid i mean the actual yeah. madrid the actual madrid yes people <laughs> off and his his performances haven't been reassuring so far right. at least two week yeah. at least that's again until mid of october we could have easily said that i mean Madrid didn't pay a lot so it didn't feel like they've like thrown money down the drain, but it didn't feel like they'd got the player they were hoping for. And given that Ariola was waiting in the pipelines to kind of make an appearance at Real Madrid, it people were questioning Courtois' uh, mentality. I think there was a whole thing of that he was he had a panic attack as well, right? There was a whole story about that. Which is yeah, it, 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 of course. Yeah,
1: apparently the what was reported that he suffered anxiety attacks like, uh, mm. throughout uh, through, uh, at the start of the season. And it really affected his game play and such. But then again, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like, it, it, I, I don't think it's true because basically anyone can say he had an anxiety attack based on his performance. Cause you see, uh, he hadn't kept a clean sheet since the February of this year. Yeah. February 2019. Yeah. He hadn't kept a single clean sheet and, you know, that pressure was amounting to him and, you know, uh, every uh, everything, even when it came to Atletico Madrid, I think it it started from the Atletico Madrid game. Actually, since uh, I, I think one 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 or two days before the Atletico Madrid game, they had come out with that report saying that he was suffering from anxiety and here and there, and he might be dropped for the game and so on. But then, of course, uh, immediately the club dismissed those reports because, uh, of course, I think it was just scare tactics, you know, from maybe um, uh, Atletico. A uh, spokesperson, maybe just like you know, leaked some info here. That it, it happens. It's a,
0: it's a Mar-san. It's a Spanish news. They love to yeah. create drama. So, <laughs> no, yeah. I know. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny that you should mention that because Atletico Madrid, the the Madrid derby was the one match where you guys kept a clean sheet and he kept a clean sheet as well. Like yeah, exactly, yes, yeah, yeah. occurrences for Courtois.
1: Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Just like, but honestly, he kept a clean sheet before the Atletico Madrid game, which was I the mean, Sevilla, Sevilla and game. both.
0: and Osasuna both. So. Uh, uh,
1: Osasuna, no. It was, that was areola who played that game. He kept... Oh, that oh, was, oh, Yeah, Arreola <laughs> played that one game and he kept a clean sheet. And But the previous game before that, it was Kotoa who kept his first clean sheet in that game. But really? still, it was not a convincing performance by him. There was a lot of chances. Sevilla messed up on their own side. Where Kotoa uh, didn't make enough saves. So, you know... It was a it was a clean sheet. It was good for him, maybe for his confidence. But then again, it was still pretty unconvincing, like his uh, well, his uh, his uh, performance in that match. Yeah.
0: So yeah. as a as a Real Madrid fan, okay, what has what is the change been, or what changes have you seen in not only the backline but mm-hmm. Courtois since that loss against Mallorca? Because I think it's been one, two, three, four, five, five clean sheets in six yeah. matches. I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think uh, a lot uh, plays into well, you know, Kurt was starting to finally shape up to the player. You know, we actually purchased, like, you know, uh, the pre uh, the previous season, and uh, you know, and uh, I- I'm happy for him, honestly. Like, he's uh, really he's uh, not only just kept like uh, four clean sheets in the previous, like, you know, last five games. He's uh, maintained a, he's maintained a very con- convincing, uh, like, you know uh clean sheet performance. He's made amazing saves. He's made very crucial saves, uh, especially with last night's uh, game uh, against uh, Real Sociedad. He, uh, even though yes, of course, he did not keep a clean sheet in that game, but it was unfortunate because it was a defensive error, and no, not even the best goalkeeper in the world can stop that. So I don't blame him there. But the follow-up, where you know Odegaard and Willian Jose, they kept on. Uh, they had really, really good chances, point blank chances, and. Uh, Courtois was amazing. He saved those effortlessly. He effortlessly, so I was really like you know happy with that performance, and you know and he's he's he like now there's some positivity with him. He's slowly shaping up to be the kind of goalkeeper Madrid really need since uh, you know since we had Kyla Navas. Kyla Navas was always our first uh, first choice, and uh, when honestly we signed Courtois, I was like why to be honest because Kyla Navas is doing a fantastic job. I didn't see any reason that we needed. A replacement for him, or something. He was not getting, he was not very old, also. He was, he's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty decent, pretty moderate for a goalkeeper age. Like, you know, they can go, he was, uh, I think, 31, 32 or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah,
0: but,
1: yeah that's, that's still like, you know, that's a, one of those peak years for the goalkeepers. Like, they're, they're in their prime in those, and he was clearly in his prime. Was, uh the following after uh, the first uh, PSG Madrid game in the Champions League, we all got to see how Kelan Navas was. He was, he was fantastic that game like you know and it was it was kind of a stab in the back it was like you know uh, i was like uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say I, it, I know what yeah. you mean like yeah uh, exactly like you know if imagine if uh, loris Carriers played amazing against you guys in liverpool yeah. in a champions league yeah you would know how it feels no
0: i mean but but like <laughs> but like for us if loris did that we would be like why didn't you do that for us but i mean for yeah. you it's more like it why like, did we always, let him go
1: why did we let him go yes that's exactly, yeah yeah that's um, a real but, no, but,
0: like, have have you seen, like, any changes in the way Kotwa's ha- dealing with, cro- like, not only crosses, but the pressure of one-on-one and the attackers attacking him? Have you seen that little, that extra yeah. confidence in him? Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I don't know what exactly led to the
0: change because I
1: was trying to find reports here and there. Okay, maybe did we get a new goalkeeping coach or did we, like, you know, uh, this thing change the tactics? Because they've been very silent on how courtois has really like progressed because pretty much right now if you try anything real Madrid news it's Karim Benzema on the in the in the front page his his performance is fantastic uh, to, uh, top score in the league six assists and uh, amazing amazing game but like when when you went, when you really want to dissect how overall how everyone's doing in the team it's it's very hard to find what uh, what's going on with courtois but I can only assume that yes they have changed a lot of uh, maybe tactics, maybe the, his they've actually like you know changed his attitude and uh, maybe not not his attitude, his perception and how to handle the ball and maybe yes also there are a lot of factors consider, He's already been here for a year now in La, La Liga, so I think he has a very good idea of how players go in for uh, for, for for the strike and. Uh, Wow! Well, yeah, uh, and also maybe uh, may, uh, there's so many things like you know there's maybe obviously like my my only assumption is that there's a, there's a change in tactic from you know the training side uh, like maybe they've really like understood how Courtois is what kind of a goalkeeper he can be and because it it reminds me of when he was a uh, goalkeeper in Atlético Madrid like this is the kind of Courtois we were seeing a lot like you know he was taking on strikers one on one he was very confident he would like. Stretch his legs for anything. He wouldn't use be too dependent on his hands because usually he's more of a knock-kneed kind of a player. Like where he would just like always like uh, he he wouldn't put his legs wide enough. It would always seem too close, even though it felt a little wide. It was just too close. Like he was just very open. It didn't give him enough space to like you know uh, 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 jog of uh, like you know uh, pace himself like towards the left or the right. But uh, after last night's after like the previous four games, and especially last night's game, it's like, I'm totally seeing a new Courtois. And I, whatever they're doing, they're doing it well. And the big test, obviously, is tomorrow night's match in the Champions League, our return fixture against PSG. That would yeah. really, like, you know, uh, that that's like the real test for Courtois. Because now PSG have all their players back, all of them in form, like, you know. So, it, yeah. it would be like the real test for Courtois. Like, yeah. all the games he's played up till now, well, okay, he's been playing amazing. Now, this is the this is the main game. Like, okay, can he keep that up? Or is this the game that breaks him again? And then again, we see, like, you know, him picking up the pieces and, like, you know, for another couple of games.
0: And then he comes back and
1: he, more of an alternating uh, form, you know?
0: So Yeah. I mean, okay, so, like, the normal argument that's made for a goalkeeper that does well is that they say that you have... You have a really solid defense line, so it helps you, right? Mm-hmm, if right. you look, if you look at Fedeczek during his time at Chelsea, he was like one of the best goalkeepers in world football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some would argue that it's because he had the likes of John Terry, Ricardo uh, and all these really solid back four that yeah. they. I mean, his performances also flourished in a way. But if when he moved to Arsenal, you could see that. Obviously, he, yes, he was aging, but you could also see his performances yeah. falter because of the shithouse that is our defence. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I just wanted to know, is there... I mean, have you seen, instead of a change in Kothwa, have you seen a change in the Real Madrid defence that I think Ramos and Varan, yes, have been criticised initially because they weren't very solid. And like you said, last season also... Okay, there, it's two parts. So one is that I could argue that... I mean Ramos and Varan had now playing on a more regular basis. I think there was a part where I think Eda Milchao I think came in. Yes. fold. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that that's you, part one. Okay, and the part two is like as you said last season you had Kelo Navas playing as your number one choice in most of the matches. Given that Kotoa was still finding his feet, you think that that's the reason, like finding his feet now that he found his feet that. The performances will now improve. So, which mm-hmm. one would you kind of side with, and or do you side with both? Well, it's um, it's um, a mix of
1: part one and part two. Well, when it comes to peer check, obviously chemistry matters between your backline. If you really understand your defender's movements, automatically you will like you know you'll feel confident. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna t- he's gonna take on the striker this way. He'll kind of force the striker to come on that. End of the uh, end of the pitch, and it'll give me time to like you know uh, adjust my position so I can go and uh, make a make a decent save and everything you know like uh, you you get what I mean right? Yeah. Basically, the defenders help uh, the goalkeepers understand and you know place the strikers to their strong uh, to their strong side. Like peter Cech is always very strong on his left, but if you look on his right, he was not very he was not the strongest. I think in his right dive, he was always the best on his left. So I uh, so most of the time the Chelsea players would. Push uh, the strikers, you know, towards his left, and he would always get that. He would always—that's how he solidified himself as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And it doesn't happen without your defenders. Like, obviously, uh, maybe in the case of also Manuel Neuer, also he had he had some of the he had the best defenders for him, like you know, to uh, to work with. And the same could be uh, same could be said with uh, you know. Uh, Uh, No, sorry. What I mean to say is, like, there are exceptions, obviously, David De Gea. Like, you know, they will, uh, sometimes they just, like, you know, they totally uh, dominate the game. They're totally, okay, I don't need these defenders. I can do it on my own. I can do it for a couple of games, but then the rest of the games, I can't, but I can't do it all the time. So, So, that's mainly the issue, like, you know. So the thing with Kela Navas and Real Madrid, he was solidified as a goalkeeper for at least three seasons. So he had a very good understanding of how Ramos and Varane would move around. You know, especially with Marcelo always never being in the left, he would he would understand (laughs) he would understand that okay, I have three defenders with me, and this is uh, this is how they're going to play out the striker for me. So I can like you know I can I can take my time. I can assess. I can you know. Place myself in the right positions here and there, and I can go on to like you know uh make my saves and uh, like help the team and so on, yeah. so I think the issue with Kurtois was when obviously he when he had some like they were like, especially the first season he came uh, they were rotating him, they were rotating him a lot they were like okay let's uh, let's put him for like two to three games as here works, then obviously in the two games, it was awful for him because why he doesn't really understand his defenders. So even now that he's been thrown as our first uh, first choice keeper, because we don't have Kehla Navas, he's had his time to learn with this team. Like, OK, maybe whatever they do on the training ground is a completely different story. He could be number one. He could be the best goalkeeper over there. But it come, it's totally different in a, in a game because he doesn't know who he's playing against. Because he's still, like I guess, like like I said, he was, he was still very new. The concept, even at the start of the season, he was still like adjusting. You could see that because he didn't have proper communication with his defenders, and also Zidane was rotating with between Nacho Fernandez and Emiliano, and it was unavoidable because this is Zidane's tactic. He loves to give everyone some game time. In games, he thinks that you know, uh, okay, I can like totally put this player, but then again, like it's up to the manager how he decides on uh, you know his placement. But the key point is that. Now, Courtois is starting to understand his defenders. He's real, and like you know, uh, and that that really has played a uh, this thing, uh, you know, a major factor into him performing now for, for the league. But uh, when you compare him with his time to Atletico Madrid, he had the likes of John Miranda and Diego Gordon. They were like two solid center backs. He worked with them for a very long time, at least good, uh, more, more than three seasons, I think. He was yeah. uh, with Atletico Madrid, yes. So he had a very good, a long amount of time working with these guys. And that's uh, that's how we yeah he had, that's how he made his name because he really understood his defenders and he really made very very crucial saves in every uh, every game for Atletico Madrid. Of course, unfor- it was unfortunate the final, and uh, against Real Madrid, you know where he uh, where he personally said that he had nightmares because he couldn't make that one save one save against Ramos's header. So because because yes, it was he literally had nightmares because of that. He couldn't sleep. All these things. But that's I, I like that because you know he that means he's like he was so hell uh, he was so hellbent bent on being perfect that you know when this affects you then okay it's understand this guy has a good mentality and like you know uh, being uh, being a good goalkeeper so now the thing in Real Madrid was he's still like obviously when he had come he was still falling to the players but now he's uh, adjusted with these guys he's get he's got the chemistry with the defenders and. Uh, to be honest, we uh, I see a good, uh, this thing, uh, change.
0: I see a good uh, progress with Courtois also. Okay, so where do you see Courtois go from here? Do you see Zidane play him as the number one choice for all of the matches? Or given that you have a quite reliable, not, I wouldn't say reliable, but quite a good backup in Alphonse Areola, that you could see Zidane kind of Rotate mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, goalkeepers mm-hmm. for maybe some of the lesser important. Yeah, of of course, of course. At the
1: end of the day, it's Zidane we're talking about. He's he loves to rotate his he loves to rotate his squad. He that's how we've discovered Federico Valverde. And obviously, Ariola is too good of a player to you know bench almost for for the rest seventy percent of the games of the season. Of course, he's going to play him in certain games. You know, uh, and uh, of course because I uh, I don't know if Courtois requires a break, but it's Zidane at the end of the day. He's going to rotate. And of course, I'd love to see Areola play. He's, uh, he's a very good, very talented goalkeeper, you know, and uh, potential number one for France. So, it would be kind of uh, unfair to not see him play also. <laughs> because we, we did get him on loan for a reason. And uh, we are to play yeah. him in certain Is games. Is he on loan
0: or you bought him? No,
1: no, no. no. He's on loan. He's on loan. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, but with no option to buy—that's the crazy thing. Because of course, we understand like uh, the potential this guy has. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so the thing is, uh, of course, we're, uh, of course, we're, uh, we're going to see him play a couple of games. Like Courtois maybe might get like the next five games, and Ariola will get like two to three games after him, and then uh, switch back Courtois five games again, and so on. And obviously, we will be seeing him play more in the Copa del Rey games. You know, and uh, Spanish Cup games, and yeah, we'll uh, see Ariola, Ariola more in those games.
0: Yeah, I honestly. mean, I, I think that makes sense to play Ariola and like the less important of the Cup games because if yeah. you if you kind of keep rotating him, then that's the issue Courtois had initially as well that he never got that much of game time to begin with. So to right, have same. him play like if you start playing Ariola in like the Champions League and all, then that becomes a lot more problematic. But I, I get your point that I, I, Ariola is too good a keeper to be left on the bench, obviously. So, mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely, I mean, I, I, I would understand if Zidane was to play him in those Copa del Rey matches or some of the even yeah, smaller course, La Liga yeah. matches, which you yeah, would expect yeah, Madrid to win. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. He will be seeing him more in those. Also, a part of those games, rather than just the domestic uh, cup games. So, uh, of course, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be tricky how he does the rotation, but, like you know when he's going to perform the rotation in the league matches. But uh, yeah, uh, of course, like that, that's that's how it's going to be. But like, I don't think now that Courtois would really really mind sitting a game or two. You know, uh, I don't think that'll like uh, discomfort him in any way, or like you know, slow down his uh, uh, ability to like you know, keep performing. I, I don't think that'll happen now because I uh, it's a, it's a, it's a completely different scenario. He's he knows he's number one here. That's the difference. It's not like before when he was playing second pill to Kolar Navas, because Kolar Navas knew he was number one, but he knew his time was also coming because they signed a huge uh, goalkeeper. Name such as Kortwa, he knew his time was coming. But then again, I guess it was a, uh, a maybe a, a difference, uh, a, a small attitude difference between the both of them. But now, now I think now it's not this. I think it's uh, now it's obvious that Kurtwa knows he's number one. So he knows that okay, if he has to sit down, it's not going to you know dampen his uh, this thing. You know his place in the team. He knows he's number one. So maybe sitting down a game or two is. Like you know, uh, it the obviously the uh, attitude towards that will be completely different compared to how it was with uh, Kela Navas sitting uh, sitting in those games because back then his position was not uh, you know solidified and also I remember that uh, Zidane was not confident like of uh, you know playing him he he did outright say that Kela Navas is my number one goalkeeper when he, when we signed Kurtwa. So I, I don't know if that was maybe like, you know, a Mourinho tactic of, uh you know, reverse psychology. Like, okay, so you want to prove to me you're the best? You have to show it in like the games I give you. And obviously, I don't, I don't think Courtois reacted well to that pressure. And that's why we didn't get to see the best of him in his first season with us. so But now, obviously, Zidane has backed him completely. And he's our number one keeper. And even though he does sit a game or two, it's not gonna like end up how it was
0: in the previous season, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's an interesting point that you brought up about Courtois' mentality, and I mean obviously not everyone responds to a Mourinho-type management yeah. of of reverse psychology and hard. Uh, I mean, being a hardwood kind of manager. Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but let let's move from one end of the pitch to the other end and. I mean, I where do we even talk about? Where do we even start talking about Gareth Bale? I mean, this guy. Oh my God! At the, start of I... the summer, <laughs> wanted out of Real Madrid. Zidane be looking for a solution. He might be out tomorrow. Whereas then blocks his transfer to China. Gareth Bale then says that he isn't happy. Zidane says that he he will be happy to include Bale in the squad. Bale performs decently in the first few. I mean, in the first half of the first half of the first half of the season or whatever. Yeah, yeah. first quarter. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you have him go to Wales and say that he's more happier playing for Wales than he is for Madrid. Zidane says that he will not sell him in January, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) is even more spice (laughs) to the story. And then we come to this international break when Wales qualify for Euro 2020. And they... uh i think the keeper and gareth bale are taking a victory lap when they spot a, f- a banner on the welsh flag which says yeah. Wales, golf madrid in that order and this <laughs> yeah. guy starts taking the piss yeah. by holding it and celebrating with that banner probably yeah okay I mean, yes, if yeah. you guys have any uh, uh well doubt as to whether Bay, I mean, the Madrid supporters are wrong in in like or not. <laughs> if you have any doubt about the relationship between Real Madrid supporters and Gareth Bale, I'm pretty sure you don't have anything any such doubt now because you know how bad it can be, or how bad it is in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's um,
1: let's talk about it from the start. Okay, um, there's yeah. there's a lot of things to there's a lot of things to list out on Gareth. Bale. like, see, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty much uh, okay. Wait, like uh, let's not talk let's let let's let's list all the things about Gareth Bale. Now, Gareth yes. Bale, he's won five to uh, six trophies with Real Madrid already. Okay, in mm-hmm. his seven seasons with us, he's won four Champions League, which he was a part of. He was uh, a crucial part of, like you know, in all of those Champions League
0: goals. He, I think he, he won. He won like two for you guys in a way.
1: I mean, either way, he was he was crucial in.
0: In all, in all four games, even uh,
1: performance-wise. He was, cru- he was crucial yeah. for us, yeah. in, uh, performance-wise. So, okay, goal-wise showed it was two Champions League. But he yeah. obviously bought us back from the dead. And uh, in, the, in, in the first one, and the second one, he totally dominated. So, yeah. yeah. So, and then he, he won us a Copa del Rey, which we hadn't won in a very long time. And, you know, uh, with this, uh, with a performance against uh, this thing, uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. And obviously, I wouldn't count him much for the league because he was pretty much in and out through injury crisis and such. But even though the games he still played for us, it was it was good to watch him. He play, he he played his part. Everything so, when when you're a Madrid fan, you have there are two there, There's a thing with Gareth Bale now. There's one side that you can't doubt his quality. You can't doubt, you can't doubt his ability to help the team perform and uh, like you know that that's one thing. Madrid fans. Will not argue about like it's not like he's a bad but the thing is what madrid fans love to like you know talk about is his negative attitude towards the club the club image here and there because you see when you look at all of the madrid players they always like have like a obviously outright love for the club they always like you know say it yeah, yeah i love madrid i love playing here i love the, everything about uh the city all these things they take the initiatives of learning spanish they take, they take a lot of initiatives here and there, you know, to so, uh, to cement their place. Okay, if I'm not playing well, as long as I have the fans behind me, it's it's all good, you know. And uh, we've seen a lot of those kind of players in Madrid also, okay. Fans love them, but they, uh, still they don't play a decent game. But fans of that. like let's say maybe uh, Isco or any of these other players, of course they never had good game, but you never saw the crowd, uh, you know, cheer at them or like... You know uh, downright disrespect them or anything because they they prove to them way okay, I love the club, but I'm like you know I'm ready to work hard for it here and there fans they need to hear that they need to hear a player respect the club that's the only way you you'll you can demand the respect of the fans so and they'll give it to you now Gaz Bale, he's uh, he's always like been on thin ice in that perspective uh, between him and the fans. he had a really good opportunity like he's had numerous opportunities just to fix that it would just be like okay yeah guys i'm learning spanish but i don't need to prove it it's fine i'm learning spanish i'm uh, yeah guys i love madrid or something he doesn't need to mean it but he needs to just for the sake of optics he needs to do it because you don't want to have like you know your own players like you know taunt you during a game or anything and that's why even in last uh, in the pre- uh, in last night's game against socio dot the players didn't like you know uh, alienate him they even after the third goal which madrid scored They went straight to Gareth Bale and they hugged him and they were celebrating with him. Even in spite of the whole drama that, you know, uh, in spite of the whole flag drama. In spite of that, you know, the the players are behind Gareth Bale. Even Zidane is behind Gareth Bale. Because they're trying to, like, you know, repair whatever optics they can at at their own best. Uh, Like, you know, with the best they got. But the thing is, this is really down to Gareth Bale's fault. Like it's it's his problem basically. He had opportunities to fix it, but then again, now if you if you look at if you're in Gareth Bale's shoes, okay, I won all these trophies. I'm getting the kind of salary I I want, and I I get to do what I want. And I, he does, It's simply about uh, you know he doesn't he doesn't care anymore. That's that's it's simple as that. He doesn't care anymore. He's like okay, I, but I'm earning everything I have. I I have all these things I want, and as long as I just keep playing well. It's it's all good for me. He's a little bit of uh, selfishness over there, but uh, and he doesn't really care about what the fans think about him because at the end of the day, he is an accomplished player. He's more. He uh, of course he doesn't need a Ballon d'Or because like let's be real, Ballon d'Ors don't even count anymore. So, but yeah. yeah, so but but he's a very accomplished player. He's a very accomplished player. So for in his in his perspective, he doesn't need to prove anything more. These fans, okay, they're going to, like, regardless of him jeering at him or anything, he still has the players' love. He still has, like, you know, his uh, uh, respect in the dressing room. Uh, I mean, but obviously, I don't think it'll last forever unless he does make an initiative to, like, you know, mend something. Because, like, you know, the players can only love him for so long and then the fans will turn on these guys saying, why are you, like, you know, uh, like I'm, being being good to this trader and so forth and everything, and then the players will have to pick a side. Okay, do I want to be uh, in this, like you know, uh, under the water with this guy, or like what, like
0: so? I mean, like I mean, as a player, as a Real Madrid player, I can understand why they're like aligning with Gareth Bale at this point because he's a crucial player. He's a player that can change the game for Madrid, and as long as you have him, you'd like to keep him um, exactly. happy and you like to have him perform at his best. And you don't want, if you alienate him even more, then that's going to be even more problematic because you're not going to get the best out of Gareth Bale. Exactly. uh, Mm -hmm. I get that. I think over time, in a way, as you said, if players had to choose, I think players would get fed up by the fact that he keeps going out to Wales and saying these things like, I don't like Madrid, I'm getting tired of Madrid. You know, As a player, you're like, Mm -hmm. if that's the case, then leave. But the thing is, I can't entirely blame Gareth Bale for that because he's clearly said that he wants to leave. Like everyone, it's clear. It's, it's clear and he, he has an intended leave. But and that's why. The, he, but the sad thing make. is that no one like there are there are very few, and I'm saying very few, as in like probably one or two clubs who can actually afford his wages and pay yeah. out that money. And I I can't see, and even for Gareth Bale, I can't really see him play for China in a Chinese club. And as he he's got so much talent. That yeah. the only way he where the only place he can play is either in like the Bundesliga or in the Premier League. But the, again, the yeah back this like, was <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. Jose, Jose Mourinho is one person who can okay. definitely buy Bale. But the of the course is that his wages are like six hundred grand per week, man. I mean who exactly who, I mean his it's not just six hundred grand.
1: You know his asking price is a million a week. It's a millionaire. Yeah, his asking price.
0: No, but so, and, I, I'm sure if it was Spurs, he might reduce it. But even then, like six hundred to seven hundred, you're and it's Daniel Levy who pays like Harry Kane hundred and eighty k, right? Exactly. It's
1: like
0: you're dealing with the most shrewd businessman to
1: ever sit in the Premier League, and you're gonna ask him six hundred. It's not gonna work out, obviously. It's yeah. not. But he, like, yeah. I
0: think, like everyone said, United is the only possible option. But the fact is that they've already been scrutinized for paying 550-odd for Alexis San- 500 Sanchez. 500 grand yeah. for Sanchez. And you saw how bad that went. So imagine if they exactly. now break the mm. whole uh, wage structure once again to get Gareth Bale. You'd have people like Rashford, De, De Gea and all wanting those kind of wages, saying like... Yeah, yeah. ...longer and... Uh,
1: exactly, yeah. Of course, you have to, this thing, also consider the current players in your team before spending any large fortune on any other player, you have to consider, okay, the players in your team first, okay. If I... uh, The whole Alexis Sanchez pretty much, like, you know, uh, gave up, uh, like, you know, pretty much, like, you know, started up the whole uh, trouble with David here, saying that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm... But I was your best player in the whole, like, you know, league. Like, I was your best player in the complete team, everything, and you're paying this guy, you know, like, outrageous amount of money, and I want that. So, that's the only way I'm going to re-sign my contract with you guys. If you give me those wages. Eventually, United gave in. I think, I'm not sure how much they're paying him, though. But I'm far certain it's nowhere near Alexis Santos'
0: wages. Yeah, but, but I mean, that being said, where do you see Gareth Bale's situation uh, kind of resolving itself? Not not only with uh, fans, but also at Madrid well pretty much the situation as it stands right now is the players just want uh,
1: the club as a whole just like you know uh, the uh, the management everyone they just want Bale to uh, perform well on the pitch so they're going to do anything it takes to like you know keep him happy in the dressing room i think the uh, thing with the fans i think eventually you know the pr team in madrid they will try to like convince Gary Bale to like uh, you know say a, say a few things address like you know his side like you know why on why he said it and how he can try to maybe you know mend things with the fans but like you know to obviously ease some stress on the players obviously because at the end of the day the the fans will eventually like you know uh, turn on the players for supporting him also i i feel like that's likely to happen in the uh, in the next couple of games if it keeps going this way and uh, you know so i think like at this point Even though Gareth Bale is pretty much living his life and, you know, uh, uh, living in, like, uh, cloud nine, he still has to be a little considerate about his teammates. He has to think in that way that, okay, yeah, these guys are making the effort of keeping, keeping me happy. And if the only way to keep them happy, like, is, okay, if I have to say a few things to the fans to obviously, like, you know, ease... That, uh, he, he's uh, like you know my reputation in front of them and of course I think that's a, a sensible thing to do I think that's the more mature thing to do and uh, that's what I would expect from Gareth Bale to do like you know but if if he wants to leave that's that's really on him that's like you know of course I think they should allow him to go because you know they shouldn't hold him to his con- uh, like you know or, or hold him against his will because that's also that's not going to play uh, this thing you know, a good a good factor. Maybe that's why they okay. Maybe they they did say that you know January he's not going. But I think there's more to that. Maybe they're trying to like you know convince him to stay at least to the end of the season, and they will work out a deal on how to get him that transfer he wants. You know, so because like at the moment, yes, of course, his asking price is outrageous. Like you know, forget his transfer; it's his wage wage fee, which is like a real. It's really problematic for any club. Honestly, for any club, it's it's a problematic situation. Even the Chinese clubs, they have a fixed quota now for every player on how much they have to earn because there is a inflation problem also. And they the Chinese government have directly, like you know, spoken to their FA that saying that this needs to be regulated. We can't spend outrageous amounts of money on player wages anymore. We can't do that anymore. So that's so even uh, whatever it is, he's not going to get that. I don't know. Maybe it was a. Another, like, you know, uh, tactic to like uh, make clubs stay away, also. I think uh, his asking price maybe because I think he's really in and out of the scenario. Okay, he's like, do I uh, do I like stay and run my contract out at Madrid, or do I like you know, uh, find a suitable club for me where I can finish my career or and henceforth? So I feel like he's not really found the club where he wants to finish. Because, like, you know, there's... Uh, obviously, Spurs is a very good option for him to go back to. It's a club that started him. And, you know, so obviously he's more... Uh, this thing. He has more of an affinity to that club, everything. I think it's a very... I think it's a perfect place for him to, uh, you know, finally finish. But then again, that's, like, depending on who, whether he's ready to take that cut. And, uh, you know, so I think maybe he could. Maybe that's why he's still, like... Uh, if, if he does eventually plan that move, he's going to finish his contract in Madrid. He's going to like you know uh, collect all that savings up, and eventually he won't even feel that crunch anymore. Like okay, I'm at this point where I don't even feel this. Like I can go for like less than three hundred also a week. That's fine by me because I've already like you know made the money. I could like you know collect. I could like you know uh, amount uh, in the uh, in, in at my time in Madrid. So maybe he's doing that also. Who knows? But at the moment, currently, right now, is we need a happy day. We don't have a happy Bale, we don't have good performances on, on the pitch. And of course, Rodrigo is, is fantastic. Lucas Vasquez is decent, sure. And Vinny is also pretty decent. Uh, Vinicius Jr., he's pretty decent. But the thing is, when we have a star quality player like Garrett Bale and we're not utilizing him, then it's obviously like, you know, it's a failure from our end. And also, we're just like kicking ourselves and not like you know uh, uh, kicking ourselves at this uh, uh, at, the, uh, at the moment and like you know because we de- we do need these like you know crucial game performances from his side if we have any chance of like you know winning la liga this season even though we're not the best of the squad uh, best of squad it's not like barcelona are doing also well and this is like our uh, opportunity to actually like you know really contend for the league this year and hopefully uh, hopefully win it maybe this is like one season even gavi like okay I can like really like uh, put in my performance and give get that league title win where I've actually like you know put, uh, really like con- uh, contributed, really really contributed. Like you know, at the say he look back at uh, look back at it, and yeah, that's this, this is it. Like you know, this is my moment, and he can leave. Even the club will be content with like letting him go because he's held up his end of the book, uh, end of the deal, and so forth. So I
0: I'm a, yeah, like in a way. Uh, like I get the fact that you think that the PR would try and get Gareth Bale to, well, not say an, uh, not make an apology, but kind of explain his actions. You know, exactly, to the fans.
1: Uh, an apology mm-hmm. is like far for, for far gone at this point. But There's no I point got, of like, apologizing. Hmm.
0: In, a, in a way, I also feel like if he just performs on the pitch, the fans will will <laughs> su- <laughs> the fans are fickle <laughs> in a way. I, I get yes, Madrid fans in the 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 way. Yeah, what he's
1: done. I, I I respect your thing the same fans are fickle, sure. Every other fan are like that, but not Madrid fans. Madrid fans is like regardless if you play well here and there, if you if you respect the badge, that's all they want at the end of the day. So even even if Gaz he still continues to perform well, still so on, but he has no uh, like, you know, intent on respecting the badge, respecting the club, showing some at least 20-30% love for the club, then it's always going to continue. That harassment is going to be there. Eventually, it will hit his side. Okay, maybe it didn't hit last night. Of course, it's just the first game. But give it a couple of more games, it will hit him eventually. So, and that's why the players are trying their best. They're doing their best right now to keep him happy. Celebrating with him on the pitch. Not alienating him. Manager not alienating him. Giving him support. You know, because Zidane did a complete U-turn since the summer transfer bail like uh, attitude wise and everything yeah. so it, there there is an intent there is a cl- clear intent on keeping this man happy so you know if and they will do anything they will go to any lens so that's why i brought up the whole pr thing that they're going to like obviously address this they're going to make him address his side yeah
0: yeah i mean uh i i, I guess yeah i understand where you're coming from and it, it's fair it's a fair point that you make that like, given that you're paying the guy so much, mm-hmm. given that he is a star player, you're trying to do as much as you can to at least get the most out of him. And, uh, like, you're talking about the league and him, co- like, looking back when he's old and yeah. older and looking back and saying, like, this is one year. And, you know, you can also think, like, this is one year where people can't say Ronaldo won them the league because... Exactly. always yeah, is the he... case. Uh, But also... <laughs> What was the point I was trying to make here? Uh, right. <laughs> so, no, yeah. So, uh, like, talking about the league, it's, I mean, despite the whole, everyone is talking about how bad Madrid are. And you rightly said even Barcelona aren't going through a, a great run. Yeah. No, I think both. Exactly. The are the, on the same points, I think only on a goal difference or something that you are second um, just by goal difference, like you know. Yeah. But
1: even though I wouldn't say are scrappier than Barcelona, Barcelona pretty, pretty much. Uh, if you if you saw their game against uh, Leganes, they were very they were very scrappy that game. They it was a labored win. Let's say that. Like you know, it was uh, they scored from uh, they scored both the goals from set pieces. Have you ever heard Barcelona scoring from set pieces with a <laughs> team that played? Uh, that started, I, I, uh, surprisingly, started with all four of their best players. Messi, Suarez, Griezmann and Oswald Dembele. Now, I was wondering I, how, is, how is that even possible? How do you start with four of
0: these guys? <laughs> so,
1: yeah, you
0: know? No, I mean, you'd have to play one of those crazy, I think Pep Guardiola's 4 4 which he played with City against Monaco or something. I think he got I think Yeah, he got <laughs> also one of those matches. They lost that game, I think, I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I'm sure because
1: Pep Guardiola playing 4 to 4 never works out. Yeah. Any manager playing four to four never
0: works out. No, but yeah. I mean talking about like Barcelona scoring from set pieces, I haven't heard. I mean it's it's quite a rare. I mean all, apart from the free kicks that Messi obviously scores, but yeah. like I can't think. I I can only think of them conceding, uh, from a set piece and a very yeah. famous set piece. <laughs> uh, well, that's
1: the thing. They, no, they were totally outplayed in that in, in that in those three minutes where uh, these guys got the goal. They were totally outplayed they were they were terrible so, uh, barcelona so and you know it was it was a shock that uh, the way they won and it was totally like you know not a deserving win if anything it was just a scrappy win yeah but so okay
0: we, let's let's get back to real madrid right um, yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah <laughs> You spoke about two very key players that have seen probably a mixture mix or a, a, a up and down of fortunes like a opposite fortunes basically in the past a week or mm-hmm. two, uh, right? But, uh, but let's now focus on obviously what the match that's coming up: PSG versus Real Madrid. I just want to get a yeah. quick, uh, brief, uh, a uh, well, preview of a, of sorts as mm-hmm. to what you think will. What do you think Zidane will do in terms of trying to contain the likes of Neymar, Mbappe, Cavani, whoever they have? Yeah.
1: Well, basically, Zidane is going to play his new formation of a four-three-three. Like you know, is uh, it, it's completely like you know, not a new formation. It, like you know, he's he's going to he's going to continue with the same squad he played with the uh, with Real Sociedad. Uh, Real Sociedad. I don't think he. Uh, I feel like he's not going to play Marcelo that game because I think he's going to look to be a little more defensive. Like and with Falan, Wendy also like performing defensively well even though he's at, uh, playing as a wing back and but he's putting his effort into the defense i think uh, zidane might stick with him and obviously with the performance of uh, federico Valverde, you know he's being uh, a better version of casimiro let's say so you know uh, i think uh, like he's going to he's going to stick with him and martiz coming back obviously is a huge boost for us and you know getting an assist and a goal in uh, last night's game just adds to that you know uh, morale, so I think we're going to see Modric play, and obviously I think uh, he might uh, favor Casimiro in the start, maybe or like you know he's just uh, because I think he's going to play a little bit defensive against uh, PSG because knowing that PSG like have all their players back. Uh, I'm not including Neymar because like you know it's not really a difference, but like the thing uh, the thing is um, whereas PSG you know they've been in and out of sorts. You know they're depending more on. We I've seen like a very good perf- uh, performance like you know, performances from Mauro Icardi. He's really solidified his uh, place as uh, starting yeah. number nine. And obviously, Di Maria is in hot form, and Mbappe is also just getting back into it. He's scoring maybe like two goals in this game, and but in the second game he's not. But in the but he's performing well, and obviously like playing against Madrid, he's going to get like that extra adrenaline. Okay, I'm gonna. Like really like you know prove myself in in this kind of game because he didn't really get to play the first game, so uh, i'm I'm sure he's going he's looking to make his mark in this game, so it'll be his first time playing Real, uh, against Real Madrid also the club he really respects and loves. so uh, i think he's it's going to like give him a good a positive boost in like you know playing well
0: so did, I'm, did I'm he really play last year or a couple of years ago when you made them uh, the group stage uh when he was in Monaco, I
1: don't think so. No, no, no. at
0: at PSG, but, uh, what, two years ago, when you had, or was it a year ago, or something, when you played him, played them in the group stage, right? Uh,
1: I think, I don't know, Uh, I'm not
0: sure. That's when Ronaldo scored, I remember, though, when Ronaldo was there, so.
1: Uh, Uh, Let me see. No, yeah. uh, Okay, right, right. Maybe, maybe, because... uh, we did, I think we did play, but I think, yes, like, we really didn't get to see Mbappe play, like, Mbappe be Mbappe that game, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, that's why, that's why I don't think I remember it well, because maybe he did, maybe we did play against him, but, maybe now, but, it's like, obviously, like, you know, his performances, at recent, have been fantastic, even though him coming back from injury, it's not been shaky for him, it's, he's been, okay, maybe one, one or two games here and there, but like, after that, he's really picked up his form again. And, like, uh, we have to be r- really, really careful about uh, these uh, these three people, in my opinion. Di Maria, uh, Icardi, and Mbappe. And, obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, the defense is looking very, very sharp. With President Kimbembe, uh, Thailo Kerr, uh, uh, Marquinhos, and, obviously, uh, uh, what's... Uh, Thi- uh, Thi- Thi- Thiago? Thiago? No, no, no. Thiago Silva? Yeah, I think, yeah, Thiago Silva. I guess, yeah. But I think they've been playing uh, Kim Pimbe and Marquinhos more than Thiago uh, Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they're playing. So, I think they're going to they're gonna stick to that, you know, because Thiago Silva is a little slow, and obviously they will realize that Benzema's in hot form. So, I think yeah. they're going to, like, you know, not uh, stick with Thiago Silva. I think they're going to stick with uh, Kim Pimbe and uh, this thing, Marquinhos and the centre-backs to take him on, because I think they're more pc or They can, they catch up to him and and types, you know, and obviously if they're going to play with uh, Hazard and uh, Bale, like I'm I'm pretty sure Bale is going to start that game also, so it wouldn't make sense to not start him in this game, so yeah, so uh, obviously I'm I'm looking forward to a really, really like, you know, uh, uh, dynamic game, it can go either way, there is no outright winner in this one, because like compare, compared to the previous game. There is no outright winner in this one. Because both teams have been performing really well uh, in their respective leagues. So, I would say, like, you know, it's, it, it's it, it goes to the best team who plays that game. It goes
0: to the best uh, best team who plays that game. But uh, actually, I think, like... If, even if Jermit were to win or even if it was a draw, whatever, a good result for Madrid would still mostly re- mean that you guys would come in second in the group anyway, right? because yeah, yeah. Any we're PSG. already... There's no
1: chance, even if we beat PSG and we win the final game, it's not like we're going to be first. Of course, PSG are not going to lose their final game and they're going to go on to uh, be number one in the, in the group. But uh, obviously, the whole point is To beat PS to win the next two game is just uh, uh, more of like you know for for morale. It's just to create positive. Okay, fine, guys, we're we're going to be second, but at least we went in uh, we went in with like you know wins against these uh, wins against like you know PSG and whoever uh, like uh, you know whoever we're playing in the sixth game. Like uh, at least they go in with at least they go in second with two wins from a like you know uh, disappointing you know first three first three fixtures we had. So, at least it's more about like a confidence boost uh, 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 for the next two games, you know?
0: So, just winning that, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, what? Like, it's always been... I, I think it's always been the case where Real Madrid kind of s- struggle through the group phase, but then once the knockouts come in, that's where they hit this stride. But that's also when you had Ronaldo and Ronaldo... Hit the well, yeah. Well, basically, well,
1: the thing is... Uh, Nobody, uh, I don't think anyone will forget him scoring uh, 11 goals in just six games, in just the group stages of the Champions League. I, th- I don't think anyone will forget that. But like, uh, the thing is, uh, when when you mean to say struggle, we it's not like we lost and draw uh, drew consecutively our games and then won a game unconvincingly. It's basically, we won each game, but it was not to the expectation, you know. Uh, of a Madrid level win, like because that those couple of seasons that PSG were winning all of their games six, uh, six, nil, five, nil, four, nil, and then we saw like you know uh, Bayern Munich and PSG doing and event is doing the same thing, and Madrid were just winning two nil, uh, like you know, two nil, one nil, but nobody really understood that you know, okay, this is just the group stage, it doesn't really matter as long as you know how you perform in the knockout. Like you just said, like we performed, like we we devastated all the teams in the knockouts. Even though, even the one season where we had an easy group, okay, people like criticizing that they had an easy group. That's why they won the championship. But then when we had a consecutive, we had to play this thing uh, uh Bayern Munich, Juventus, and then all the way to yeah. Of course, we the outright destroyed those teams. Like you know, uh, in the and so our knockout performances are, are obviously dominant, but they were dominant only since when. We got Cristiano Ronaldo. Otherwise, if you remember, uh, you know, uh, pre-Ronaldo, we were getting kicked out consistently in the round of 16.
0: Yeah. And post-Ronaldo yeah. as well, round of 16. Yeah, right? we did.
1: Well, that was expected. That was, uh, I, was like, I, I was like, to be honest, I was expected to get kicked in the quarters, not in the round of 16. But then I was like not at all surprised because I knew we were getting kicked out post-Ronaldo. But this is the season also. I'm not expecting us to go way too far. Like, you know, even though we signed Hazard and we've made a couple of changes in this club, it's not significant enough to go all the way, in my opinion. I think there's still a lot more room for building. I think we need a more, uh, obviously, a more dedicated right winger because Rodrigo is, in, regardless how good he is, he's still quite young. It's not like he's going to be like, you know, up, uh, like our number one right winger. I think we'll uh, we'll be getting a galactical, uh, galactical level right winger next season. Just to replace Gareth uh, Gareth Bale, and uh, I think Benzema, of course, with the performance now, it's like uh, we're seeing uh, un- uh, an unchained Benzema because this whole time he must have been like you know chained to uh, you know be passive because we had Ronaldo, but now we're seeing like an, a very different Benzema. And um, I mean, it's
0: it's like the Benzema from Leon, right? I mean, it's all this time I mean, he's kind of been the he's been the link yeah. up to Bale and Benzema and Ronaldo, and now he's. Now he's Leashed. like center
1: stage and he's unleashed. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like the best form of Benzema we're seeing right now. And I think France should like, you know, stick it up the ass for not taking him back into the national
0: team, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, the same. I've I long wondered why France have never chosen Benzema. Despite I get the whole point. I mean, I get the whole issue that, that they happens. have. But they yeah, should, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: The, the, yeah. the, anyways, it was, like, put under the rug as immediately as it happened. It was just a whole, uh, like, uh, it was just, like, a one-month of news, I think, but, yeah, between Frank Rupri and all these guys. But, like, then it's just, like, everyone forgot about it. I don't think many people remember it today also. I think yeah, pretty, uh, But, like, I, I honestly, I, I don't know the real reason why they don't want him back. I think it's it's stupidity, honestly. if They're expecting Giroud to be the number one. Okay, fine. That's their it's their problem
0: like it's, 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 uh, it, i mean I, I the don't. sad, sad part is they won a world cup so uh, Deschamps is going to think that that's the winning formula so <laughs> it's going to be very uh, it's going to take some uh, losses to go through before they can finally I, I mean if they
1: don't win the euro 20s uh, euro euro 2020s then of course uh, it's go- it's it's very obvious that they have to make changes but it's it's not fair to shun him out in, at all that's that's my argumentative point. Like forget about the tactic. Shunning him out is not really the it's not really the thing they should do to him. He's a he's a fantastic player and it's a loss for them to like, you know, not not play him. I
0: yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean some some of these decisions are totally I mean I I I can't make heads or tails of these decisions. I don't know yeah, how to, I, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I mean, fine. I mean, the final thing about Real Madrid is that uh, obviously they're not in a that bad a position in the league, as you said. The Champions League joint also top. looks yeah joint top. The Champions League also looks like they are on their way through to the next round anyway. I don't see them slipping too much. And yeah, given yeah. current I, I form so. yeah, given current form that they're in, it looks like I mean it looks like next tomorrow's match, tomorrow night's match or whatever is gonna be really, really interesting. Uh so yeah, I guess that's all the time we have. I mean this has just gone down for quite a oh, bit. Oh yeah, so. it's gone down for quite a uh, bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so but, uh thanks Janet for being a part of the podcast once again. Uh, it was a it pleasure yeah, yeah sure, sure. and uh, we'll definitely have you on i think i think that when's the classico december 18th or something right 18th, yeah it's confirmed for the 18th yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. i mean that that'll be a big one if the league continues to be where it is right now over the next well, couple of as
1: long as Ernesto Valver is the coach still uh, Lali, uh, classico i'm always in i have confidence that we <laughs> this is our year as long as he's still the coach like so uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: yeah, we all hope that he's the coach. I mean it's always fun <laughs> to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, no, that that'll definitely be interesting. I'll try and see if I can get like a Barcelona guy also to come on then maybe have like a preview of that. Fantastic. Or, or even yeah. or post match depends on how free everyone is. But we'll definitely bring that to you. So uh yeah, so thanks again for tuning in. Uh I hope you've had a good time listening to Real Madrid, Courtois and Gareth Bale. Uh, don't forget to leave a like, drop in a comment, share with friends and family and subscribe to not only our podcast channel, but as well as to my Twitter account, not mine, but the podcast's Twitter account where, yeah, I mean, we, I tweet often, whether it's mostly about the games that are going on, but I normally try and like reply to people, like to tweets that I normally see and put on my thoughts. But yeah, you can obviously follow us and uh, let us know if you'd be interested in being a part of the podcast too so uh that's it for this episode i'm Praddy once again and thanks for tuning in so see you